So I hope you all had a beneficial day. And I found it very enlightening doing the interviews today and seeing where at least some of you are. I find that very helpful to relate to the needs that are there. If I speak directly with people, if I, if I know where you are and what is going on for you during this time of retreat, what you carry with you, what you bring with you when you come here and how things unfold while you are here. During one of, of the interviews, one of the, of the, I mean, one person was asking me back to the, about the simile I brought yesterday evening into the talk. The one, the simile about the tree, the useless tree. And I said, well, that it reminds me on how to some degree, I mean one of the areas, it's, it reminds me to some degree on how monastic life is seen in this society nowadays. It's pretty useless. <laughs> and when you live this life or also when you start practicing you probably meet up with people and opinions that question what you are doing that can't understand what you are doing they don't see the use of what you are doing and doing this evening reflection I like to look a little bit more into those qualities that are important for the spiritual life that, but that have lost or have lost some of their value in society nowadays qualities like faith compassion generosity and let's see what else comes but there are many qualities that are quite important for the spiritual path to develop on the spiritual path that have lost quite a lot of meaning in ordinary life another one is patience like one of the retreatants left 
I don't know if you noticed, one of the women left. And she was saying to me, well, she doesn't quite see why she should stay on. She's actually quite happy with how her life is going and she doesn't really see why she should develop any other quality. And she can see that maybe for other people it is right, but for herself it isn't. And I suggested to her to just give it a little bit more time. Maybe there was something to discover that she hadn't seen yet. And she decided to go, and that's fine with me. I don't have have any... How do you say? I feel a little bit sad that she didn't give it a bit more time, a bit more effort, but it's fine. But what that points as at for me is just we don't have much patience anymore. It's just like if there's not an immediate obvious result, we usually lose interest quite quickly. And how our life is scheduled, like how our life is focused nowadays, it is all towards the direction of immediate result, of obvious results. And even it goes so fast that so far that you can book a weekend course in instant enlightenment. I mean I've I've seen that. I find that really hilarious. <laughs> it's just absolutely nonsense in my eyes. And it's just my opinion. But I'm convinced it's nonsense. <laughs> and that's an opinion and I'm aware about that. But it's just something I can't take serious. Knowing that my own experience is that usually the way is a gradual way. It means to be patient with oneself and also with others that we are meeting up with on the way. With others that might not understand what is important to us. With others that might have a different emphasis on life or that might have a completely different background than we do. And the quality of patience gives us the opportunity of time and space. And by including time and space, things or experiences are allowed to change. What I do experience today as very painful might be different in two years' time. Might be no problem anymore in two years' time because I have gone beyond that. But it needs a certain amount of effort, a certain amount of dedication to stay with it, be patient. 
Another aspect is that often and more and more gets dismissed is faith. And faith has many different um, faces, many different um, aspects. I'm not quite sure if that's the right word for it, but it has many different facets. And when I mention face, I don't mean blind face, blind faith in dogmas, blind faith in rites and rituals. By the way, I just heard recently that there's a a rapid growing of I think what is it called? You might know that Pramavara it's called O C D or something like that. It's a shortening, it means like um a kind of light mental sickness that people do a little rituals compulsively repeatedly. And many of us might know that I know it from childhood. I know that I had that in childhood. Like it's that thing that you say to yourself, if I'm only stepping on the like on the stones and I like on the pavement on the stones, but I don't step on the lines in between the stones, then I come come through my examination. It's just really out of the blue now. Then something happens that I want to happen. But if I miss the stone and if I step on the lines between the pavement, I won't manage it. And that is, that goes so far that people start kind of getting, restricting their life so strongly that they hardly leave their flats, that they hardly leave their houses because they're afraid to do something wrong. That I don't mean by developing faith, definitely not. What I mean is a trust that life unfolds in a way that is beneficial even so it doesn't always look like life that life presents us or presents myself with those areas those themes that I have to learn something from and also at the same time that there's enough support around that I'm actually able to do that. That I trust that when I need support that life is providing that in many, many different ways. 
I mean, obviously, I don't mean a god because I'm a Buddhist. <laughs> I don't mean a god outside who is taking care of all the difficulties, like a big, very benef- benevolent father. I don't believe that, and I don't mean that. But that there are lots of situations, that there are lots of other people, friends, and sometimes they don't even look like friends, are supporting to make that what is needed possible to happen. And I don't mean in the way that they meet up with the intention necessarily to help me specially. I hope I make that very clear. It's just like if I have the right approach towards life, I can see almost any situation as an opportunity to learn, as meeting my teacher. This situation, <coughs> for example, this situation here, being here, being in the position where I'm right now, is teaching me something. I find it a little bit difficult, not easy to sit in front of you all, and <laughs> and yet it's okay. I trust that whatever comes out of this will be all right. And what is very important in that sense, in developing that sense of of faith is allowing oneself not to be perfect. Allowing oneself to make mistakes and to learn from them. And it is something we more, we forget more and more that like everything around us seems to focus more and more on things running perfectly, as perfectly as possible. For me, a very good teaching was, um, I have been, over the last three years, I have been twice in India for longer periods of time, and I found that an incredible teaching. I mean, India has the flair or the reputation of being utterly imperfect <laughs> and it really drives you to to experience your limitations but there is something incredibly alive around there incredibly present incredibly spiritual much more than here in our safe Europe and I'm not just talking about England I mean I'm German myself you know And I feel I meet up with the same mentality in regards to being perfect in Germany or anywhere in Europe than it is happening here. I think with our strong aim to be perfect, we forget actually to live, to be alive. 
and allowing life to unfold even if it is not perfect and even if I'm not perfect, if I'm not doing what is asked or what is expected for me, just to develop the faith that that is actually all right. That I have so far in my life maybe one or two people and maybe I have met one or two people who came very close to being perfect. But that's all. <laughs> so there are not many human beings around who are perfect. I think the Buddha was perfect. <laughs> but I never met him. <laughs> so, and of course, being a Buddhist nun is the ideal I'm aiming at. But... I'm far away from that and that's all right. Just knowing this is the direction I want to develop, this is the direction I want to follow, is giving me a lot of faith and a lot of trust. And when I say that, I'm not coming from the point that I say you should do the same but find out where the area is or where the direction is that you can develop this kind of trust, this kind of faith. When you develop faith, one other quality that comes with it is, and that is also something that is not anymore, I think it was more maybe a while ago, I'm not sure you developed a quality of generosity and generosity in many different ways like you don't mind to give your time to somebody who needs attention, who needs some support, who needs a friend. You don't, you stop thinking in the way, oh, if I'm doing something else, then I could do this and this and this and that. I hope I'm clear enough with this. You really with that kind of generosity you change priorities in your life. You change that what is important. Like, I'm not sure if you know that, but as a Buddhist monk or nun, you really are supported by others. I don't earn any money and the monastery I'm living in is completely run by donations when people come to our place we don't charge anything people can just stay and we have enough support from other people here in Europe and 
a lot of support from Asia, from Asian communities here in England or from the countries themselves who want to support that we can live this life, that we can dedicate our life to the spiritual path. And they feel inspired by that. And this is a quality... Like for them, doing that means this is an act of merit. Does that word mean anything to you? Yeah? It's like when they do support, like say, a project, a place, people with good intentions, that is an act of merit. That is an accumulation of goodness or good karma. And I think also in Europe that has been there, but I feel like not just Europe, I think in the Western world we more and more forget about that. Forget about kind of the joy that it brings supporting others. Like maybe just to bring in something that I find incredibly touching. I have been doing that, and Sister Pamavara knows that too. I think you have been on Tudor, Faith Tudor. What we do sometimes from the monastery, like the monks and also the nuns, we go out, we walk out of the monastery with our arms ball, sometimes with a tent, sometimes without that. And for a few days, a week, or two of our nuns have done it in Wales for two months last year, we just walk on faith. We don't take any, we can't handle money, so we don't take any money with us. We just go on faith and we collect the food for the day wherever we are. And I have done it myself a few times, not lately anymore because I'm getting old (laughs) and I find it difficult to carry a lot with me. So um, we go out and we move. Sometimes we just go out of the monastery and we dedicate, okay, for the next week I'm walking through the area wherever I come. And I have never, whoever has done it from the lineage, from the tradition that I'm ordained in, has been fed perfectly. I have never, I think in Ireland it has happened that a few, I think it was two or three nuns, they were walking through an area basically where there were no people, so they couldn't be fed. It was quite, quite courageous for them to do that. And there were for one or two days that they didn't get anything and they were pretty weak, but then they came to a place where there were people again and they got fed again. But basically, what I can say is my personal experience and the experience of other people from my tradition is that there is generosity around, but that gets also 
triggered and what I have seen and what I find incredibly touching is when people give the joy they give with. It's, I've, it's just really quite amazing. And I really do I really do feel it's it's something that we are about to lose. I hope we don't. But we are about to lose that. I'm just right now thinking of other qualities that have a very different meaning in the spiritual life and in the worldly life. Another aspect that comes to mind right now is stopping Taking time and reflecting. Like the thinking of like what is or reflecting what is really necessary right now. Is it, is it really important to, for me? Do I want to develop um, any kind of fame, any kind of career? In worldly, in worldly terms, that is very much what we do to develop ourselves, our egos, to be somebody and to become somebody as big as possible. In spiritual terms, that is, we do, on a spiritual path, we do the opposite. We try to, I don't want to say destroy, but to look through the sense of self and to look through the illusion of that. And retreats are times where we can allow ourselves really to be nobody. You won't go away here with the certificate you are the best meditator in the group. (laughs) 
I promise I won't do that, <laughs> even if you are. <laughs> because this is not what this is about. It's about experiencing the present moment and what is happening here, right now. Experiencing yourself in this. And maybe you experience even that there is no self, that it is just a flux of, what do you say, a flow of moments passing on moment by moment. There's nobody really in it who is constantly there, inherently self. We also have the chance to see those parts of ourselves in a retreat. We have the chance to see those parts of ourselves that are not so great. Those parts that are not shining and don't have a, a halo around. Those parts that we call shadows. And with the time of the retreat, we actually can give them their right place. We can make the space, and again, here comes in patience and faith, to be acknowledged, to be integrated become a part of the whole, to become part of the whole picture. And I think this is something we almost never have the chance in ordinary life. Maybe if you are lucky, we do. We do have good friends who allow us to have shadows to have our blind spots, to have our difficult aspects. But most situations outside the retreat or in ordinary life ask us to to be somebody, to be as perfect as, as possible, to be efficient and just function. And on retreats, you have the opportunity not to function, not to be perfect, and to be whatever you are, and even to enjoy that. And that is something one or two of the people in the interviews said to me, that they, when they see themselves here during this time, they sometimes have to smile about themselves. Like they, to smile about the patterns that they know that are coming up and really to kind of enjoy also the silliness of thoughts that are coming up sometimes. And I really encourage everybody to do that. This is, this is not a practice. I mean, it is serious practice, but not serious in the way of heavy and I think that is an aspect when I 
I was wondering today with the interviews, maybe this is an aspect I haven't paid enough attention to. Like, it's important to include into the practice a good portion of humor. Just really enjoy. Really kind of, if you can just smile at at the silliness of yourself. Smile at, at the little mistakes or the little silly patterns that creep in now and then. And just, it's not a big deal. It's all right. It's being human. And really accepting that. And seeing, well, that's part of life too. And when you meet up, if you meet up, with really very difficult areas of your personality or with what I called before shadows, then don't feel that you have to resolve and solve all the problems at once. Patience comes in here. Give yourself the time and the trust that there will be the time on the long run to work it out, or at least to understand it better than you do now. And don't force yourself back into that mode of being the perfect one. I hope I'm clear enough with that. And on the whole, I would really like to encourage you to make use of this last day, the last evening that's coming now, in a way of also enjoying what this place has to give, to enjoy the beauty of it to relax into the beauty of it. I mean, what what I enjoyed today tremendously, as I said before, was just sitting on this staircase and watching the rabbits hobbling about, sipping a cup of tea or juice, and just being there, nothing much, and yet perfect. Completely perfect, nothing was missing. And allowing the simplicity of life to have a part in your life. To see that perfect moments are often not the grandiose ones, not the great, the amazing, breathtaking ones. Perfect moments are often very simple. They don't need much. What they need is attention, presence, awareness. Acceptance, kindness, 
softness of heart, I would say. And basically that's it. And I hope this retreat gives you the space to experience at least little bits and pieces of that. That it's not just a hard work that you do while you are here. Really give yourself the space and allow yourself to enjoy that too.